Welcome to episode number 20 of Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you find a career you love, start a business, and generally crush it at life. I'm Justin Gordon, your host and an MBA student in the class of 2020 at the USC Marshall School of Business. I've had my hand in entrepreneurship and business since 2012 when I launched Just Go Fitness and now with Just Go Grind. In this episode of the podcast, we have Mina Zia, who's the founder of Wellness A to Zia, a holistic health company that combines life and motivational coaching with the power of healing crystals to help clients achieve their highest level of happiness and fulfillment. In this episode, we cover many, many things as we always do, including her career that spans from politics to advertising and fitness, and then selling crystals now. She's based out of Los Angeles, got to do this this interview actually in person, which I love, love the those preferably actually. And we get into many different topics, including her career, but also diving into different things about the struggles of entrepreneurship, what it's like actually you know, trying to start a company and then making decisions in your career and choosing what route to go along the way. Lots of resources are talked about in this episode as well, from Gary Vaynerchuk to Ramit Sethi. We cover a lot of it. As always, the show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. Support the show at patreon.com slash just go grind and please hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts and also leave a rating and review. Without further ado, here is Mina. Mina, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Justin. Oh, this is so fun. <laughs> One of my best friends on the show, everybody. Yay. One of my very best friends, and we are making this podcast happen. Where to begin, Mina? Where to begin? I'm gonna take it back to college for you because you've done a lot of different things you're such a go-getter grinder hustler doing all sorts of stuff but take me back to college and what you were kind of thinking for your career oh it's way different than what i'm doing now (laughs) uh so i majored in political science i was very 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 into politics i still am like to stay informed but i mean i was ready i wanted to be mayor and governor and the senator and maybe not president but (laughs) i wanted to be a game changer in politics so i was a huge activist i very tenacious in that way very confrontational in that way i would almost go trying to like pick a debate with somebody yeah which is not something I do anymore. I guess that came with maturity, but... Perhaps. Um, so, yeah, I was really into politics. I majored in poli-sci. Um, right when I was in college was also... Um, so, as you know, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Yep. Um, was right when the recall of Scott Walker was happening. And so we were occupying the Capitol. We were sleeping over at the Capitol, skipping all of our classes... I mean, it was like, it was intense. And then I thought now more than ever, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to create change. I'm changing lives. I'm fighting for what I believe in. Like, this is what I'm doing. And I, I never thought in a million years that I would be doing now what I'm doing, but. <laughs> Let's give you a preview, Mina. <laughs> what are you doing now, Mina? Uh, so now I'm a semi-precious gemstone retailer and life and motivation coach in Los Angeles. So it's not that different in terms of you still wanted to make a difference in some capacity, help people, make change. So I see the connection. There's a clear connection throughout, I think, everything you've done, even though it may not be the most obvious thing. 
Uh, but one thing I want to know, like, you said you're a, a heavy, strong activist. Like, what did that look like in college? Like, what were you doing exactly? I mean, just, you know, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, it, it's at the capital, right. Madison, Wisconsin. So everyone there is, is pretty into it. And so just in classes, we would get in huge debates um, and sometimes in lectures of 500 people. I mean, it would just get like heated Jeez. and I would just get right in there and I would be like <laughs> chomping at the bit to uh-huh. like, you know, get it going. So, so I would do that. I'd go to rallies all the time. I would just, any, anyone who would listen, I would just kind of ram my <laughs> agenda at them and <laughs> tell them why they need to pay attention and why they need to get involved. And it, I felt like everything I was doing in my head, I was thinking, I need to educate these people on what's going on. Like, you, the people don't even know. They're not even informed of what's going on. Like, they need to start voting. And, and obviously, I still, that part, I'm like, yeah, get out and vote. And sure. Make your voice heard, obviously. But I, I was just so into forcing people to pay attention and to be informed and to stand up for your, your rights and to not let these injustices happen in the country that we love yeah but that was like my whole life everything was revolved around politics and what was going on in politics were you so even before college i guess then like did i mean were you always that type of person that wanted to make an impact or wanted to get involved because i mean do you remember like when that started you were even interested in it or was it all your, your whole life you kind of felt that way I, I've always been strong-willed in wanting to stand up for other people on behalf of other people. Yeah. And if I see in what I believe to be an injustice or I see something happening that someone's being taken advantage of, like I'm going to like stand up for that person and go out of my way and, and possibly look bad myself to do that so I've always been like that even like on the playground I would like stand up to bullies and I literally got in trouble for like punching a girl in the face <laughs> on the playground because she was messing with another girl and then oh, I had I got Mina sent doesn't home play. <laughs> and it was so funny I got home I was by the way five years old yeah and then, no, no big deal five years old the, yeah the teacher told my my parents what happened and of course my mom's like I mean, I can't believe you did this. And my dad was like, well, I mean, what was the kid doing now? And I was like, oh, Bijan, don't say that. So, um, yeah. So even then I was still standing up for the people, you know? So I guess, yeah. So I guess I have always been. Even at a young age. Like strong like that. Yeah. And then you go to college, obviously you're very into politics, but then what? Like, out of college, then, what was the first thing, first job you had? Out of college, the first job I had, I worked for a group called One Wisconsin Now. Okay. Um, And we basically did research on... So, basically, anything that any politician is saying, we had a research team researching every single thing, (laughs) fact-checking, getting super involved. Um, Our executive director... So quick-witted, so sharp, like this one of the smartest people I've ever met. Super charismatic. He would be on all these talk shows, just like ripping these people to shreds. Like I, I looked up to and still do so much for that. But yeah, and then obviously that was a good environment for me because I was like, you know, 
kind of that personality <laughs> yep. too. So. You enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for a year and a half. Year and a half. And then what? Um, and then I, it, that kind of, something kind of insane. Well, I didn't even know you I at all at that time. I keep nope. forgetting. I just feel like I've known you nope. my whole life. I thought you were on the playground when I punched have, that girl. Have that but effect I guess on people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so just completely unrelated. I had been going, I had been kind of depressed for a long time mm. and I gained 80 pounds from 2006 to 2010 when I graduated and I didn't even really know I had gained it. I didn't even realize because it was over a long period of time. It slowly happened. Yeah. yeah, but it was like that made me really depressed because I, I never wanted to, I think that's why I loved my voice and my mind so much because I didn't like the way I looked. So I was just overcompensating by getting in people's faces and showing that I'm smart and that I'm driven, that I work hard because I felt, I felt not good about myself in other ways. And so right at that time when I had hit a year and a half at One Wisconsin Now, um, I got dumped by my boyfriend and he said, I just, I'm not sexually attracted to you anymore. Really? And that just crushed, crushed me, like destroyed my soul because, you know, you already hate yourself and you hate the way you look. And then someone that you love, like more than anything says that to you. I mean, it just kind of affirms your own negative thoughts about yourself. And I just went into a spiral and I like cried every day for like a month. And then I just couldn't handle like living in the same city as him I hate to say that yeah um but yeah so I I stayed at that job for five months but in that time I got a personal trainer I started training for a half marathon I lost 60 pounds that's nuts and yeah and I mean I just turned like my whole life around and then I left that job because I decided to go a different, a different way career-wise, and that required me to move out of the city. Where was where was all that, and where were you that living? That was in Madison. So that was all in Madison. Yeah. Time. So you stayed in Madison right after college. That all happened, the training and everything. So take me through that though, like even like the decision to make a change to even like get healthy and fit like that. Yeah. That's so tough for a lot of, for anyone, I guess I would say. But like, obviously, you had that big moment catalyst. But then, what kept you going to follow through? Like, you um, know what I, mean? I think because I so I used to be an athlete in high school. So I I still thought I was fat because you know, like in the society, we're athlete. taught that if you're not a size two, like you're you need to try to be a size two to feel good about yourself. Sure. So I always and like every young girl picks on the way she looks so you know so even though I had like no body fat I still felt inadequate but then when I got to college and I actually was overweight I mean the doctors told me you are you're pre-diabetic yeah and you keep doing what you're doing you're gonna have diabetes like like you're gonna die very early yeah if you keep going on this path so when I started to get fit I just kept reminding myself of what they said. 
And like, this isn't a vanity thing. This is your health. Like this is your life. And I've, every morning I would ask myself is, you know, this like pancake breakfast worth your life. And when you put it like that, I mean, the answer is pretty obvious. Yeah. And that's easier said than done as we both know as personal trainers. But I feel like when you get shocked to the core like that, that's a game changer. Yeah. It definitely is. And even thinking like you went from that then, you say you you changed careers at that point though, right? Mm -hmm. So how, like how, how did that even happen from like a career change and also health and fitness? Like those are two very big things. Obviously health and fitness is, is super difficult to do, but also changing careers. Like why the career change as well? I just kind of realized that politics, I'm very prone to anxiety and depression. Like I can very easily be pushed into kind of a, like a panic, which then is followed by like a depression. So I, I just, at that time, I didn't know how to handle that. And I didn't, I mean, that it's very taboo to talk about it, right? So I didn't even want to tell anybody I was experiencing that because I didn't want people to think I was a freak. And, you know, you're young and you don't know at that time that it's okay to say how you're feeling, especially, you know, at, at that time in 2012. Oh, even though d- different. I guess Still that different. wasn't like that long ago. But I mean, even now, you know, that career path in politics was just too much. Like the, just the long hours and the like debating and just constantly being in conflict and I don't know it was just too much for me I I realized because I feel like when you and I see this with all my clients too when you correct one aspect of your life when you get healthier in one way all the other ways that you're unhealthy start to come to the surface so I never thought before that getting in a verbal altercation with someone was making me feel anxious because I was doing so many other things that were also making me feel anxious. But when you peel back the layers and I get rid of the toxic relationship, I lose a ton of weight, start eating really healthy and started working out every day. I mean, those three things are insane and huge game changers. And so when you peel back three huge layers, now I'm able to see Oh, and this job is giving me anxiety. Everything. Yeah. Everything. It became way more clear to you that there's many things that are affecting your life and how, how you're feeling about your life, essentially. Yeah. You know, I am curious then from that perspective, there's there's obviously people who stay in politics and stay in that realm. Like, who do you think, people who want to make a difference and are interested in politics, like, what would you even tell them about that, that realm? You know, I think that... There, I mean, there are a lot of people who can handle stress really well are adrenaline junkies. I mean, there's so many people who are just unnerved. Like I know a lot of people who they can just be getting screamed at and they're just like a brick wall. Like they don't care. Nothing penetrates this. And those people are the people that we need. Yeah. You know? People like me who are really sensitive and who are sensitive to other people's energies. And I care a lot about how other people are feeling. So I'm not really someone who should be in that field. And anyone who is sensitive, I would also say maybe not the best field for you. Yeah, perhaps not. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm sure there's people who are sensitive who are in it and can do fine, but to your point, yeah, it makes, yeah. like, seems like that may not be the best. But, I mean, if you're an activist, if you believe strongly in a topic, if you, if you, if there's something that you care about that you are just willing to do anything to fight for, do it. Yeah. Like, do it. You have to. So knowing that, like, just in terms of, like, that came to the surface that the job maybe wasn't the best fit for you, you you finally discovered that once you're focused on getting healthy and fit then like what did you how did you approach what your next job was going to be your next career was going to be like what were you thinking at that time if you remember i started oh i remember all of this so vividly (laughs) i started so i started getting a lot more male attention at bars at wherever and wherever then, those males hang out. Wherever the males hang out, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, so I started getting that. I, st- I just started getting more people wanting to be friends with me, wanting to hang out with me, which is so messed up. But also, don't forget, when you start feeling good about yourself, that confidence shines through. So maybe it wasn't even necessarily that I had a like banging body now. It was that I was walking and talking like I had a banging body. Right. And recognizing my worth and that changed me in so many ways and once I started realizing what my worth was I started realizing I can go for the jobs that I want I can go for so my next dream was to do advertising at an agency but I always felt I don't have the experience I don't have the connections I don't know if like I'm gonna fit into that world And, you know, I just, I had all these limiting beliefs and I wrote this whole story that was all fiction as we do. And after I started feeling good about myself, I started realizing I can have whatever I want because I work hard. I'm smart. I already knew that. But now I was realizing I'm capable of doing whatever I want. I can get it done. I can make the life that I want. So I no longer had those limiting beliefs and no longer was rejecting myself. And I thought, I'm going to go for this new dream. And if they reject me, that's fine. But I'm not going to reject myself before I even get there. Right, not even like give yourself a chance yeah. at something you want. What drew you to that world, advertising and that? I love sales, marketing, anything where I can be talking with people and kind of like um, just like talking with people, not like schmoozing, but just I don't know. I like the the connection and I like helping people. And if I believe in the product, obviously I'm only going to work somewhere where I believe in the product and I believe that's going to help somebody. I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to like get in there and, and make it happen and connect person to product. Yeah. So I'm always drawn to those kind of jobs because I just, I love that. Yeah. But I guess, like you said, you didn't have the experience, right? You didn't have mm-hmm. any of that. So how did you get that, that first role then? Uh, so serendipitously. So wow. I decided, I just was like, I am moving to Milwaukee. Because that's where a lot of cool agencies are. And that's it. And, you know, I'm from Waukesha, which is only 20 miles outside of Milwaukee. So I thought I can just live in my parents' house. They have a car I can use. And then I'll just figure it out. So I just applied at all these agencies and I um, ended up finding 
one of the HR assistant is my age and I ended up finding her on social media and finding her like personal email and reaching out to her that way and just really thinking what what does she want to hear from me like what how can I make myself more marketable than and more desirable in a work environment than every other person because I mean this was a major agency she's getting hundreds of applications a day for these jobs so I just really thought what can I say to, to make myself stand out and I decided I was just going to be kind of like witty and funny with it because everyone's like to whom it may concern I am yeah. like you know I am We're looking to broaden my horizon yeah. so I thought okay I'm not doing that I'm just going to show my personality and I mean, you're hiring me to do marketing, so I should probably market myself market. in a unique way, right? Correct, yeah. And so then she got back to me and she said, you know, I don't have anything for you right now, but I, I like you. And as, like, as soon as I have something come up, like, I'll let you know. So then I was kind of bummed by that. So I just kind of like did some odd jobs until then. And then two months later, she wrote me and said, hey, an assistant position just opened up we want you come on in for an interview and then I got it so you had that two months then to yeah you were kind of just waiting weren't sure what you wanted to do but you were still very interested in that advertising agency which is obviously why you you said yes right away I guess uh -huh. but what was the plan those take me through those two months though there's gotta be like some thought of like what the heck am I gonna do like I mean I didn't get it like and you know what's so funny is I never I always just think to myself, this is going to happen. I just so believe in manifesting and just believing if you want it, you can have it. You just, you can have it. Right. Because you, I mean, obviously you can't just sit around and like pray to Jesus that it's going to happen. But I just, I knew in my soul I was going to get this job. So I didn't stress. I just was... Hanging out, I was like babysitting. Do you know just doing like random yeah, things to like what get money? Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're and my dad was like, "Well, he's freaking out at every turn in my life." But <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Why did God curse me with these daughters? Who are these daughters of these <laughs> daughters? All they want to do is have a career, and all they do want to do is make drastic changes and move to all these cities." No one wants to just get a husband. The things you put your father through, you know? know. The things you put him He's through. He's going to be listening to this and being like, see, at least you acknowledge that you're the worst daughter ever. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So you did that for two months knowing that you'd figure something out essentially though. That was like, you, you know, it'd work out eventually. Like yeah. You'd get a job. Like, and like, I, okay, sure. I don't get this job. I'll get something, like, I'll figure it out. You know, I have to, like, highlight, I guess, that point, because I think it's really important. Like, when you have the belief, it's not that you're just sitting around waiting, clearly, but you have the belief that it's going to work out. It's a whole lot less stressful knowing that, like, I'm going to be good. Because, like, you know that, like, oh, yeah, I'm hardworking, I'm driven, like, I'm going to make things happen. Like, it's not always on the timeline you want, but when you have that focus, that drive, you know what you want, or you have an idea of what that next step is, like, things will things will figure themselves out essentially yeah. as long as you're open to the possibilities it makes sense so you got the job what was it like Adver advertising hadn't done it before was it I, I had never done it before um 
It was really awesome. I was so, it was so lucky because, so I was an assistant on the marketing team and there's a whole team of assistants for each brand basically that they, they work for. So each company has one or two assistants to, to work on that specific branding that they're doing. So if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So there were like 12 or 13 of us. And we're all pretty much the same age and the same place in our lives, like all in our twenties basically. And it was just fun. Like we're all hanging out all the time. Like it was just like, you know, good girls night Uh, all the time. And at work too, we would like quick, like run into the closet and like gossip about like dates we had gone on. Like, (laughs) I don't know, you know, just like goofy stuff. So, so it was really, really awesome. And I was really grateful for that because I got a group of friends that I, that I that I'm still friends with to this day. So I was really 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 lucky to have that and that's like my honestly biggest takeaway cuz I ended up realizing that marketing is not for me. <laughs> not in that sense. Not least. in that sense. Yeah, yes. In that particular way. But. but I but I'm still I'm very grateful for the connections I made there. And you, and you say it more you you figured out that marketing wasn't for you. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, why? Or how did you figure that out even? So I was still on fitness track. And, oh, wait, I actually don't even think that you know this story. That's why we're talking. Wait, even wait, though we know wait, each wait, other wait, since wait. 2000. This, this is about to... 14, 15. This is going to blow your mind. So I so at, the, at this agency, you know, they have a whole, like, wellness program. Yes. So they have trainers come in and do boot camps for us and like yoga classes and they had someone, they had a, um, I can't remember what the company name was, but they came in and measured our body fat and then we did like a body fat challenge. So whoever can lose the most percentage in a certain amount of time gets a prize and like whatever. And so um, I was just obsessed with what they were doing. I just thought that that's so cool. Your whole job is to come here and help people lose weight. And, uh, because I mean, who's, who's happier than someone who just like lost weight and feels amazing about themselves, you know, not even that anyone needs to lose weight, but just feeling good about yourself. About progress you made about, yeah. And just just like endorphins running through your body and just feeling really, really good. Like there's no one happier than someone like that. And so to have a job where like that's your job is to make someone feel good. Are you kidding? Whereas I felt like my job was <laughs> it not, wasn't not... that. It was not that. So um, I just decided literally right then after talking to the guy who's running our boot camp, I was like, I'm gonna be a personal trainer. Just in that minute, I decided. Wait, was this like the first <laughs> one that came in, or like? No, it like, was like, like eventually. A few. Eventually, yeah. Um, and like complete side note, guess who the, one of the girls who was doing the body fat measurements and stuff is Monica. No. Yes. What? (laughs) Yeah. Which then when I started working at the Wisconsin Athletic Club and I saw her, I was like, wait, you were like a major player in my life change. I, I no, don't think you know, I knew that. Yeah. I don't remember hearing that at least. Because <laughs> I would have remembered, I think. That is nuts. Yeah. So that got you thinking about fitness. You saw that mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is interesting. That's a job. You're, we, 
obviously weren't enjoying the aspects of your job. But that's a big switch. Yeah, huge. What made you actually jump? And then once you, like, how did you do that then? How did you change? Well, I just really, I mean, nothing made me happier than, like, working out and feeling good. And I knew that, you know? And I think I was still always thinking, make a career move that makes sense. So going from politics to an agency, that's, that's like, a legitimate next step because sure. I was doing communications at at on Wisconsin now so that was all fine and then I just fine-tuned from politics to at like a, a brand agency yeah so that was it was a pretty smooth transition work-wise even though actually getting the job was hard because I didn't have like brand management experience or anything but Obviously, this is a major change, so... But I just knew in my soul. Like, I just knew I want to be helping people. That motivates that motivates me more than anything that I've been doing so far in any way. So, so I literally that night bought the NASM. Like, that, that day. Bought, Love it. Bought the NASM... Certified personal trainer course just threw down eight hundred dollars. Yeah, and um, just started studying, and then I want to say like two weeks later, I get I had this horrible boss. Like she honestly, she would make me cry every day. Like I'm not kidding, I would be crying every night when I got home to my parents. Jeez. Yeah, and she was just horrible. I feel like she just. I feel like she wasn't happy in her life and so and she was stressed out you know when your boss is making your life hell you know that someone's making their life hell you know so now I realize that obviously but at the time I was just like oh my gosh she like she hates me like I don't know what I did to her um yeah and she just made my life hell and at a meeting we were having she just like reamed me out about something I mean just like and she was like are you like stupid I don't get it she said those exact words to me and I got up and walked out, which was not professional. And I went into my other boss's office who she was the boss of like the assistants yeah. as a team. I was like, I can't do this. And that night I just said enough's enough. It's not worth my mental health. And I wrote my two weeks notice and I put it on her desk the next day. Um, whoa. What was her reaction? Do you remember? She, uh, well, it kind of was drama because I didn't really hold back as to why I was leaving. Because I knew I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to really like need them. And I hate when you have to lie about the job because you're like, oh, but like, I'm going to need... You know, like, I'm, I don't want to burn this bridge, even though, well, you made me feel like crap every day for a year, but I guess it's fine as long as I don't make you feel like crap. Right. You know, which, well, I mean, whatever, that's the game. That's fine. But yeah. I just, I when, they, when I did my exit survey, I just told HR straight up, like, she's literally calling me stupid. <laughs> like, that's not, <laughs> to me, that's not okay. That's not okay. And then it was just kind of like drama because other people started like coming in 
and saying, actually, she made me feel this way also. And so it just ended up being like kind of a thing. So I think that's why it was kind of weird between us. At the end there. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of weird between. Yeah, I imagine it it might have been a little weird, Mia. But the craziest thing, (laughs) the craziest thing, and this was like all universe. A guy started there on... I'm trying to think of the exact date. I think it, it was the day after I gave my two weeks notice. And he started there and he's this really cute guy. And all the girls had a crush on him. And as you know, I was born with no social inhibition. So I just said, I'm going to walk right up to him and find out what his deal is. And specifically if he's single and ready to, oh, I mean, ready to mingle. If right? he happens to be, then yes. Yeah. So then I just go up and I'm talking to him and he's really cool and nice. And I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving. And he's like, wait, what? You're leaving? Where are you going? And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to be a personal trainer. <laughs> and he's like, wait, I what? <laughs> and then he says, uh, well, you know, I actually just left the Wisconsin Athletic Club. I was doing marketing there and now I'm here. If you want, I'll get you the GM's email address and I'll get you guys in touch. Which, like, how crazy is that? That is nuts. So I said, yeah. So I got the email. She emailed me back within hours. Um, I went in for an interview. And then she was like, cool, we like you. Come on back. You're going to take our fitness manager through a workout, which I had never taken anyone through a workout in my life. I didn't even know what a burpee was. I had to look it up when I got home. And... The next Friday, I took her through a workout, which happened to be my final day at my job. Yeah. She offered me a position on the spot, and I started a week later. So I had, like, a week off, basically, before starting the new job. (laughs) That's that's wild. Um, I will say... Yeah, the the fact that you you did that in those two weeks, obviously, you knew you wanted to do fitness. Wisconsin Athletic Club gave you an in... The other person that got you connected, was, uh-huh. that was Nikki, by the way, right? Yeah. Okay, that was Nikki, yeah. Love her. That was love, Nikki and Megan. Love Nikki. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot like when you started, so who was there, but yeah. I remember I was interviewing with them, and I just thought, these are my people. Like, yes. they were just so cool and uplifting and enthusiastic and happy, and I just was like, this, this is how people should be at work. Yeah. They are prime examples of how people should be at work. Yes. And it's like an everyday... like. So, Mia and I worked at the Wisconsin Athletic Club, which we're going to get into a little bit. But, like, yeah. to have people at work like them, like Nikki and Megan, it's just, like, it makes every day so much better. Yeah. Knowing your bosses are just so legit, so welcoming, so friendly. And so, for any job you do, if you find that, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing how different your job can be. And if you don't have that, it's like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel if you can find the right bosses, too. Yeah, Not even yes. That. I mean, it changes everything. It yeah. really does. I have a specific memory of Nikki where I was in one of the um, one of the sales offices and talking to my friend. And she walked up, and I was pretty new, and I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't be socializing. You know, because I'm still <laughs> in that mindset of, like, don't be socializing on the clock. Yeah. And well, I mean, you shouldn't be like, you should yeah. be getting things done. I'm not sure. saying to do that, but, but I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I only been there for like two minutes, you right. know, it wasn't like I was in there for five hours, but I got kind of panicked and then she just walks in she goes, 
I love to see people smiling at work and then just walked out. And I was like, this is the coolest woman, coolest boss. Yes. Coolest human. Yeah. That type of experience. And Megan's the exact same way. Just yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean. It makes a difference. Yeah. The whack. I obviously know a lot about you being there because I was there, but take me through, you changed careers into fitness. Like what are the, what did you thinking those first few weeks? Like obviously the bosses are great, but like, what were you like thinking about that career and like how did it go? Uh, didn't go well. <laughs> I was really intimidated. I didn't know anything. And I, I didn't. Um, and then part of the onboarding is you have to take all of your peers' workout classes. So I worked out more in that month than ever in my life. And I couldn't walk, honestly, for all of 2014. <laughs> it, was, it was over. So, yeah. <laughs> and yours, by the way, was one of the hardest, your TRX class. I don't know if you remember me taking that. But... I do. Jumping with TRX. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the best. And box jumping, which I had never done box jumping before. Was terrified. Um, yeah, so that was hard. It's just feeling like you don't know anything when everyone else is an expert. That's really hard because especially that Wisconsin Athletic Club, North Shore, I mean, every trainer there is like seasoned. I mean, no, there's no weak link, you know, there's no weak trainer. Yeah. So to have all, all stars and then you don't know a single thing had to look up what a burpee was just the week before. That's, that's hard. <laughs> How did you, so knowing that, so for anyone who you know, changes careers, maybe changes completely to a whole new thing. How did you approach like learning and getting up to speed as fast as possible so you could succeed in that role? Well, the piece that I already had was connecting with clients. Yeah. I can connect with any human. I can I just, I can feel people's, not like thoughts, like in a psychic way, but I can feel what people are thinking. Even if they're saying something that completely does not align with that, I just can feel people's emotions and I know how to respond. So that really helped me because I would get clients just because they would, they would be like, you get me. So it wouldn't even be because I knew anything about fitness. It was just like, you understand me. And also, don't forget, I had a weight loss journey. Very helpful. Yeah, exactly. Relating to people, yeah. So if people were kind of like, oh, I don't know, I would just literally, I had a photo of myself before my transformation. And people would be like, okay, do for me what you did for yourself. So that part I felt confident in. But as far as going back to your question, the learning of everything... I just told myself, look, if this is just going to suck for a while. And every day, you just need to come in refreshed, be learning, be a sponge, learn from everyone. Don't be intimidated by anybody. And I was intimidated by like a lot of you guys, obviously. But <laughs> don't be intimidated. Push yourself to talk to them. Push yourself to learn from them. Go out of your comfort zone. And I would like psych myself up on my drive there every day. Go out of your comfort zone. Force yourself to do this. You know, thinking back to those times. Oh, God. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, like, from my perspective, so what, do you remember what month that was you started? Uh, March. March. Mm-hmm. 2014. Yep. 
So I've been there by that point in time, like five months maybe. And I was basically getting settled in, was pretty settled in, settled in I think at that point in time. Um, and you see different people. And I, I come from a definitely a different background than Mina with like an exercise sports science degree and like very into fitness forever or whatever, whatever. So Mina comes in with like no experience. And it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. She's very good with people. And you can see that right away. And also you can see that the improvement because clearly like coming right away, like you weren't good. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, just, just, you, you weren't like, <laughs> I'll be nice about it. But they, they, you weren't like, it's just clearly you weren't, but like yeah. the progression of that and then finding, like I'll say in air quotes, your people mm-hmm. that would j- like jive with your message and who you are. Cause it's like, it's not going to be everyone, especially in fitness, but even in different careers, like it's not for everyone. Like certain cr- places aren't for everyone, but you found like your people. And I thought that was really cool that you had for sure. You're following that completely jive with you as you were there i'm curious like as you kept going through there and you did more and more and more like what motivated you what like kept you going helped you like level up and move forward because i knew eventually you were like helping megan with more and more stuff yeah like what fueled that i i never want to feel that i'm mediocre And I know like no one wants to feel like they're mediocre, but I always want to be improving. I I just always have this insane competition with myself, not with anybody. I never feel competition with other people. I just, with me, like I always want to be better. I want to do more. I want to be an ultimate resource in whatever I'm doing. And so when I see an opportunity to get more knowledge, I'm going for it. So when Megan needed help doing X, Y, and Z, I was like, sign me up. What do you want me to do? I'll do it. And, you know, I used to do, with the ad agency, I was like doing interviews and stuff. So then she asked me, can you start helping us do interviews for new trainers? So that was something I could obviously help out with and kind of use my skills in that way. But yeah, I just... I always want to be better and better and better every day. Like if I look back on my knowledge base even four months ago and I haven't learned anything else, that's like depressing. Yeah. What have you like, done? What, what, what am I done? doing? Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's really what fuels me. I yeah. always want to have something to show for myself. Yeah. That progression of like you're getting better. Like you actually are doing more and more. And to that point, you're very... Very, like, just ambitious and trying to look for new opportunities. Where I think people in jobs, they get stagnant sometimes. Uh, oftentimes, I would say, actually. They get comfortable and don't keep pushing it. Like, maybe wouldn't pursue more responsibility. Wouldn't pursue that, but you did, which is which is awesome. Just the type of person you are. Um, I eventually left the Wisconsin Athletic Club to move on to other things. Uh-huh. To move to Vegas. You're a traitor. Um, but you left as well. I'm also a trader. <laughs> <laughs> not long. Not long traders. after, yeah. actually. That's true. So I love the way. My bad, yeah. Whack. We took Sorry, some good ones with us. But we love you. We, we're we, ta- we, look at we us do. talking them up. Everyone go to the Whack. Wisconsin Athletic Club in Milwaukee, if you're ever in Milwaukee. It's the best place well, ever. Well, North Shore is the best one. Of, of course it is. Yeah. I don't even know who's all at what places still, because I know like... Everyone's bouncing around. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But what made you want to switch then from... Move from Wisconsin then, and you moved to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. What what happened? Um, my sister had already been there for two years, and I had always wanted to go. 
And I went to visit her in on December 8th of 2015. And can you tell these were almost, big moments? Almost three years ago. Can you, yeah, yeah, can you tell, tell these were big moments in my life? Yeah. Um, the, and so I went there and I hung out with her and um, I just was jacked on life. It was just amazing. Everything about LA, the health, the weather. I mean, don't forget, this is December. So I'm in shorts. Yeah. In December. Yeah. In Los Angeles. So it was just incredible. I just felt, I felt that, at, sorry to get like super hippie on you guys right you away, hippie. but I felt that my soul had found its home. I felt like my soul like went into this body and was just dropped in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And I just, I always felt out of place. I've always been a little extra, a little over the top. Confirmed. Confirmed. And I just never felt like I fit in ever. And I just felt like, and I'm not saying that I'm like better than anybody else. I'm not. But I always just felt like I was like a shark in the little fishbowl. And I, I couldn't do it. I felt like I was settling and I kept not pulling the trigger. So when I came back uh, from the trip, I told my mom like, I just don't know what to do. I really want to do this, but it's such a huge change. And, you know, I was still like kind of broke too. So it's not like I had thousands of dollars to move with. Yeah, personal trainer. So exactly. Just be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I felt that I was in a tough spot. And I was also like in a relationship at that time. And I was like, well, I. And she goes, Mina. You have two options. One, you can go to Wisconsin. Or, not go to Wisconsin. <laughs> you can go to Wisconsin. You can go to LA. You can try it out. And if you don't like it, just move back. No one cares. Yeah. It's fine. Exactly. People are going to be excited for you to come back. Yep. Or you can stay in Wisconsin. You can marry a Wisconsin man. And you can wake up. When you're 45 years old and have two kids and regret not trying out LA. And if you choose the latter, I don't want to hear any complaining. I will not listen to complaining. Yeah. And that just kind of like, I mean, that like rocked me, you know? And I realized that she's right. I can always move back. So I decided, okay, I'm going to just save for a few months and then I'm going to go. And then my sister called me in February and she said okay I decided I'm gonna go abroad for a few months do you want to just take my room and live in my room while I'm gone so it all kind of yeah so it all kind of just worked out again very serendipitously as many other things in my life of course um so on March 8th 2016 I got a one-way ticket to Los Angeles and lived in an apartment with a million people crammed in a two bedroom. Yeah. And yeah, and that was it. You know, there's there's something that I've heard heard from like our good friend, good friend I say, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, um, I love Tim. And what yeah, one thing that I think is important in anyone with career changes or really any life choice, you could always try out LA and come back. 
Yeah. I think it's so like important to people to understand that like, you can always like do something and like in theory, like you can try it out. You could test it. You could come back. I think people think that a change is permanent always mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that way like you could have come out to LA and like in six months two months whatever it would be like, you're like it's not for me it's not what I thought it was going to be move back and to your point no one no one cares like, no one cares okay so be it yeah but the alternative of not trying good god that just scares yeah, yeah that scares me too that's like the not trying part is I think the most terrifying part of all and a lot of people don't try and I think they do wake up at 45 and be like wait why did I not yeah, you it. owe it to yourself. You, If you don't go for the things that you want and just push through your fear, that is so, that's so rude to yourself. Yeah, to yourself, that, exactly. You know, that's like self-abuse right there. Sound yourself short. Yeah. Because you're capable of doing so many, so many things. And it's like, it's one of those things with even like, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yeah. Like, if you don't try, then you'll never know. It's just like... That point, if people could just understand that more, and I don't know, like, if hearing enough times or seeing enough examples, that's something with the podcast, like, showing enough examples of people who are doing things and, like, trying different careers or building companies influences people to do it, then great. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. But, like, it drives me insane when people don't try and they just talk about it for a while and then don't actually do anything. I know. And it's, I mean, I I get it. It's hard. It. Fear is so strong, so strong. And especially, you know, my background, my dad is very practical. He's very logical, analytical. You follow the path. You follow the logical path in life. And I, for a while, was doing that because that's what I'm taught. Like, okay, well, I can go to Milwaukee and do stuff at this ad agency because that's still like on the same career path, you know? And then I just was like, no, screw this. I don't want to do this. No. What am I just, now I'm just signed up for this because it's my, it's the path that I'm already on. That's insane. Right. So I, there's a girl, have you heard of Angie Lee? Maybe. What does she do? She's a business coach. Okay. Um, but she's our age and she, I listened to her podcast and she said something that What's I it still yeah. remember. Um, she, it was like a million different names. Oh, now it's Rich Bitch Podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she said, if you're not pursuing your passion, that's actually super selfish because your passion is probably helping other people. And just because you're charging money for it, that doesn't matter. You're delivering a service that's going to enhance someone else's life. So if you're not going to go for that, like you actually, that is selfish of you. Yeah. And that's so true. Take me through those first months. Actually, as you're prepping for LA, you said you're saving up to go to LA. Your sister is doing study abroad, so you have like her apartment. So you have that locked down list. You know the place you're going to stay. Mm-hmm. But the career side of it is still, what What was that? Um, I knew I wanted to be a personal trainer, yep. obviously. Um, I And I had gotten my nutrition coach licensed by then so I was doing both of those things and I just literally got there and every day I was at a cafe bricks and scones Larchmont everybody go to it it's my favorite cafe ever besides Phil's obviously um obviously (laughs) we love Phil's uh and I just was applying to every gym literally every gym and it was crazy I 
I mean, I got a job within two weeks of being here. Really? Because I didn't realize that, yes, the market is saturated, but in the fitness world, they're never at capacity with trainers. It's not like other jobs where, oh, we're looking to fill this position, well, this one position. Like, bring everybody in, see who sinks and swims. Get rid of the people who sink. That's kind of how it is out here with... Constantly with, churning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I didn't really have a problem. I had a really good track record. And so I started working at a gym in Glendale that is uh, like gym and spa for women, which was so cool. cool. And that was like perfect for me. So, so yeah, that's, I just, I just buckled down. I think I was applying to like a hundred jobs a day. Just keep applying. And good cover letters, not like copy paste. Can't be unemployed. Yeah. You're you living in money. Los Angeles. You need money. I, I came here with $800. Yeah. That's <laughs> not a lot. You need some cash <laughs> to survive in a city like yeah. Los Angeles especially. Yeah. Not cheap. Not cheap. By the way. No. Um, try being a student, making nothing, and see that debt go up. That constantly. sucks to suck, Justin. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you know. There will come a time. You should be more like me. If you're more like me, then, you know, I'm going to cut that out of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you get a job at this gym, and you're you're in LA. You finally have a job. You have this. You're still in fitness. Uh How did you progress at that gym? And then I know you you switched gyms as well. No, I stayed there. I, in the first month that I was there... I, my sales were more than like everyone else's quarter mm-hmm. in your first together. Month. Yeah. In my first month. And again, because I just went in like guns blazing. I was like, I'm going to do this and I love anything commission based. Cause then I feel like my hard work is, is rewarded, yeah, actually rewarded. you know, versus I, I can't do a salary job because you're working around the clock for the same money every week. I can't, I, I don't even understand that. To be clear, salary job is definitely tough, tougher for an entrepreneurial type of people if they're not actually starting a business. Right. Salary right, is right. tougher unless that salary is massive. Well, okay, then, sure. Then, <laughs> I'm a personal trainer. Like, I couldn't do I'm salary. Better. Million dollars a year. Yeah. I can do salary. <laughs> okay, let me correct myself. If you're going to be paying me over a million dollars a year, I will sacrifice myself and take the salary. But yes, that type of personality, a a commission-based type of thing, seems like a perfect fit. Because you work hard and you know that you're going to be completely rewarded for that hard work. Yeah. Yeah. So then I worked there. I was there for a year and then I became fitness manager there. And then I remember because that was, I was in Wisconsin for Monica's wedding when I got the call that I had gotten it and I was up against a woman who had the position for 10 years left, I think because she like had her baby and she wanted to like be a stay at home mom for a while and came back and like, I beat her out. That's crazy. Which was crazy. So then, you know, obviously I was like jacked on life. And so I did that for seven months and then I decided I was going to start wellness A to Zia and go on my own. Why? Why did you decide to start Wellness A to Z though? Like, what was it about that timing? I I just realized 
again, I don't like stagnation, right? So I didn't want to just be a trainer at the gym forever. I need upward mobility. I need to grow. I have to. So I can't just have a job and be like, okay, I have a really good paying job. This is my life. Like, you know, I, and some people want to do that. That's like fine. a lot of people want to do that. And that I'm not saying that's bad at all. I'm just saying my specific personality, I'm like very hyperactive and I need, this, I need this my This podcast brain. isn't called Just Go Settle. Yeah, right. right. Just go yeah, grind. Let's do this. <laughs> just, just go chill. No. Just go settle. No. I'm going to start a podcast, Just Go Settle. <laughs> and I'm going to interview everyone who hates grinding. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. And then we'll have battling podcasts and we'll see who gets more. Just so grind will kill it but, easily because it, people will be working hard. Yeah, but mine's going to be really funny. And people like funny. Well, if you're more funny, maybe make the podcast more funny. You know? I'm more funny and I have more personality than you. So I think that means... <laughs> see the things I deal with, with these, these friends of mine on the podcast. This is why I podcast. It's so much fun. Don't you love and having you to, friends you get, to, you get to hear bold-faced lies, obviously. <laughs> you're laughing pretty hard for someone who's not funny over here, Mina. I'm, I'm my biggest fan. <laughs> That's no queer. one else laughs at my jokes, so I've become accustomed to laughing at my own jokes. People listening to this podcast, crickets right now. <laughs> crickets. crickets. Yeah. Nothing. But I've been paying all these people to listen to it. That's so fair. That's fair. Yeah, they're laughing. That's fair. But yeah. wellness is you. You start wellness is you. Yes. What did you have in mind for this when you started it? I wanted to do fitness and nutrition, have a five-week program, you know, the whole deal. Come out with a free PDF, do a... a five-week challenge or like a whatever challenge and then have a program that you sign up for and have clients and train them write them a nutrition plan the whole deal but I realized well I realized very quickly it's very very hard to start a business (laughs) correct (laughs) I did not I knew it was going to be hard but I I didn't anticipate how little free time you truly were going to have. Yeah. Because I'm not exaggerating when I say I was working anywhere between like 15 and 20 hours a day. And I remember looking at, I was just on Instagram looking at photos right before I was going to be going to sleep, which I I don't condone that now, but um, I had a really hyperactive mind, obviously. And I was looking at a trip that all my friends went on and just being painfully aware that I was not in anyone's photos, any of my friends' photos for the last like six months. And that made me really depressed. I mean, everyone's having a great time growing together and enjoying each other's company. And here I am staring at a computer trying to like do what? You know, yeah. and so I lost steam. I mean, I did it for six months. I grew a pretty good following doing like the fitness and the nutrition. And I, I'm not kidding. I just burnt out overnight. Yeah. And what were you doing I mean, during that first six months? What were you doing to grow the business at that time? I had so I had a bunch of leads from just being a trainer in Los Angeles. I didn't steal anybody from my gym, which I'm very proud to say that yeah. I did not take trainers anyone with me. Yeah. Trainers definitely do that. I never been that kind of trainer. I don't want to do that. 
Um, so I did not do that, but they did refer people to me and I trained them. And then I just marketing wise, again, like I love that stuff. I would go to events, meet people who are in the field, get ideas from them. Um, and then I just started getting messages from people wanting to train with me. And I was going all over Los Angeles training people. And I was like, this is so exhausting. I can't. So were you doing like parks, people's homes? like is that, Parks, that type people's of thing? homes. Yep. And then my, um, my apartment had a gym. That's so harsh. I had people come there. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many sessions were you doing a week with like me and ASU? I was probably, I was probably in person sessions. I was probably doing 20 hours a week in person to person. No, more. Probably 30 hours a week in person to person training. For your own thing. For my own thing. That's awesome. And then writing plans for people was an additional like million hours. But I charged more if you wanted a nutrition plan. So all being said and done, client related things, like not not even social media content, just things I have to do to present to a client, probably like 50 hours a week just with that. And you still had your... The gym as well. No, I had quit that. Oh, you did quit that? Yeah. So you were full-time in a while. I was full-time in a while. For that six months? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. So, and you say, you said you got to the point where you burnt out. So maybe like six months in, you see people, by the way, I have a very, not the same exactly with like the burnout exactly, but with, in terms of Instagram, I remember at one point in time I was in Vegas and didn't really know anyone. Um, and just seeing those Instagram pics and you like scroll through, like, wait a minute, I'm like no pics. So I didn't, it, see anyone it was like just building a business while also working with my cousin's company yeah it is it is a little sad from the outside and you get that feeling a little bit i was actually happy too to like be building something finally but it can be tough to see that and entrepreneurship by no means is this rosy perfect thing that people maybe sometimes think it is and like it's definitely in the media portrayed as such an amazing thing people in magazine covers and everything but a lot of times it can be a lonely thing and it's great don't get me wrong to like be building something and growing something but it doesn't get talked about always that it it's tough and it can be lonely at times and take me through that burnout then what like what did you do then i i just woke up and i was like i don't want to do this anymore like literally like that yeah And that was really, it made me feel every day I felt super inadequate because I was comparing myself to every Instagram fitness person who has hundreds of thousands of followers. They're posting videos like three times a day. I'm like, how are these people doing this? And I mean, it was just crazy. And I didn't know at that time about having a team, like having people like doing a lot of stuff for you Yeah, behind the scenes. Not just them. I didn't get that. I thought that it it had to be all me. So I just completely burnt out. I remember my parents came to visit and I just was running myself ragged and they were just like, dude, like what are you doing? (laughs) And and yeah, I just said, okay, I'm going to take a little break from this. And see how I feel. 
that was really a humbling experience. I, I really felt like lazy and dumb and just inadequate. What was that break then? What did it look like? I took two weeks off. Um, I went back home to Wisconsin. I just hung out with my family and it felt good to not have to like come back to a job. I just was just hanging out with them. Yeah. Because if it were my passion, I would be obsessed with this. And every podcast I listened to, they were like, you got to be obsessed. You got to like, you got to want it. You got to want it so bad. You got to want it. You got to wake up and you want to taste it. You got to go to bed and you want to like wake up the next day and do it. Every single entrepreneur that I looked up to was saying that. And I looked at myself and I thought, I don't want to do this. I'd rather hang out with my friends. I don't want to do this anymore. And I just felt like, well, maybe I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur then. And that was such a sad (laughs) realization to me. I just... It was really sad. I just, I literally just thought, well, I guess I am not an entrepreneur. I guess I'm a wantrepreneur, as they say. Yeah. So you took two weeks off to go home, which I think is an important piece. Like, get, to get grounded as well. I know, like, I talked to my best friend Zach about, like, going home. It's, like, the one place where you really can turn off. For some reason, like, at home, family, it's, like, the one place, it seems like, really, like, you can separate, like, business and really just, like, chill. Um, yeah. It's needed sometimes for sure, um, but ultimately, you know, you're not sure what path you want to take, and then how did that manifest into like what was next? So I went home, had, and by the way, this trip home made me really realize how much LA had changed, not changed me, but I became more who I want to be, because I wear kind of crazy clothes now, and I mean, I was never wearing crop tops in Wisconsin, you know, <laughs> ever. And I have, there's like always a joke with some of our friends back home. I have this shirt that's, it's, it just is like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, um, like a, like fishnetty material, but bigger holes. It's basically not a shirt. Yeah. And you just have a bandeau under it. And I just wear that as a shirt. And people are like, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Oh, it's so LA. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I just let my freak flag fly here, you know, and it's awesome. But I just, it was such a culture shock because then I went home, like I was in LA and I didn't feel like I belonged. I went home to Wisconsin. I didn't feel like I belonged. And then I just thought, well, like, where, what am I doing? Where do I belong? What am I doing? I had like, I mean, a legitimate crisis, quarter yeah. life crisis. Sure. So, um... And then I was at home, I was just chilling, and my mom always throwing me with the wisdom, like throwing wisdom bombs at me right and left. Yeah, she knows what's up. She said, what I think you should do is I think you should go back to LA. I think you should just get any job. Like get it, she's like, get a job where you're going to make a ton of friends like you did before with the agency. Like you just make a ton of friends and just hang out. And just have a job that's fun and just relax, let your mind figure it out. Subcon- your subconscious will begin stewing again and, and thinking of what you should do. And I thought, okay, that's a good idea. So then I came back again serendipitously. I was at my favorite bar, Brackshop Tavern, shameless plug, everyone go. 
It's on seventh corner of Seventh and Grand. Downtown Los Angeles. Downtown Los Angeles. It's really really great. Tell them Mina sent you. Um, I was there and a guy that I kind of knew, but I had met him one other time. He was there and we started talking and I realized that he was um, the front office manager at a really cool boutique hotel downtown Los Angeles. And I, I was like, so, um, would you want to like hire me at the front desk? And he was like, yeah, I would. And a week later I was hired. What? <laughs> what? That is so ridiculous. Uh, well, first off, you have to ask again. If yeah. You bring it up and you're bold enough to bring it you up. You got to bring it up. You got to just, oh God, that's so crazy. Yeah. I know, it was so funny. It was like the next day he texted me and he said, okay, come by anytime. Yeah. I came by, we had an interview. Then I left. <laughs> he texted me like an hour later. He's like, all right, the GM wants to meet with you. Can you come in two days from now? Went in two days from then. Then I did the paperwork. And then like literally a week later, I got my offer. <laughs> okay. You got your offer. Boutique hotel. Mm-hmm. What hotel was it again? Ace. Ace, that's right. That's mm-hmm. Ace. And you're you you're back in Los Angeles. Like, what's your mental state at that point? Like, you're, obviously you have that, so you're not worried about the fitness thing anymore. Were you even working on your site or anything? Or no, no. So nothing completely off of the fitness. I had a lot. I kept my existing clients. So you kept so working with them. I was still bringing in money. I was still financially. I still was fine. But it was just mentally, I was like, but these clients that I had, they're like my OGs. I mean, I've been working with them for a really long time. It didn't, I knew them so well that I could write their program in my sleep because I remember at every single milestone they made. So much easier clients to work with yes. than beginner clients yeah. who just start. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. I just, that. like people would message me and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm not taking any more clients. Yeah. And now that I'm working at this hotel, I truly don't need any extra money. So just whatever. Um, yeah, it was a major change. But like, again, I met some of my best friends now at Ace. And I still hang out with like a big crew of them. I mean, my like, again, my mom always is was just so right. Like she's just, you just need your soul to be like rejuvenated a little bit with human interaction. Yeah. Because being an entrepreneur and having an online program... You're not really talking to a lot of humans in person. Yeah. And I think that that really wore down, wore me down because I need humans. I need like the energy of another human. Yeah. And knowing that, so in the first place, you're self-aware, enough self-awareness to realize that you do need that. Mm -hmm. And like some people may not necessarily realize that, but, um, I gotta bring up Zach again because it it makes perfect sense. His story. So like, and he was in Nashville, for instance, best, best friend Zach on the podcast before, Zach Evans, Zach Shimmons, technically both the same. We love Zach. We love Zach. Um, but naturally, he had his business growing, uh, his piano business. and But he had a great crew of friends at his like, marketing job. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was hard to leave that because of the crew of friends. Yeah. And that's something that's to be said for a job. Even if it, monetarily, it may not be always the best type of thing. God, you know, something to be said for having a great crew of people you work with. We mentioned the bosses already, but even like the other coworkers around you. Yeah. Critical components. And that's another thing about entrepreneurship that can be difficult is like not having people around, but like 
to some extent also for like finding those people if you are like a solo entrepreneur like yeah. finding those groups finding like friends actual friends to spend time with consistently very important yeah so you grew that at ace mm-hmm. at what point did that transition into other things that needed more um like with well let's say to well, Zia. Let's say to Zia. Yeah. okay so then uh, the most pivotal moment in my professional life, which is saying a lot because there were there were a lot of pivots a lot going of on. Pivots. That's why you're on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Um Christmas of last year. 2017. 2017. To be clear. Yeah. Um I went to New York. My sister lived in New York. She got me a crystal, a healing crystal for Christmas. She got me a green fluorite. Which I know means nothing to you, but... <laughs> Eyes glaze over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know anything either. I just... Everyone out there, I knew literally nothing about crystals before December 28th, 2017. And she, I unwrapped it and I was like, what the heck is this? And I held it in my hand and I just felt... All the anxiety about wanting to say to Zia and like, where am I going and what's my life now and what am I, what's my purpose and just all the, the feelings of being really down on myself about specifically what I was doing with my business and am I an entrepreneur or am I a wantrepreneur? I'm, it just went away. Like, like that. It was crazy just by holding it. Why do you think that is? I didn't know why. I didn't know. And so I, I then, and that all happened in one instant, then I turned to my sister and I'm like, like, what is this thing? And she was like, oh, I thought you would like it because I'm really into yoga and meditation. And she's like, I think, I thought you would like it because, you know, you're into like yoga and stuff. And she's like, it's a healing crystal. And then she read to me what that crystal is supposed to do. And it was everything that I, I just intuitively felt in that moment. That's bizarre. It was crazy. And it, it was, yeah, I'm still, I still, even now I'm completely consumed in the world. I still am like, holy crap. You just never know what that thing is going to be for you. In terms of, so take me through it then. So you had that experience. How did that eventually turn in? So that was back in December 2017. Yeah. And as of this recording, November November 2018, you've made a killing off of helping people with, with crystals. But like that transition from that back in December of last mm-hmm. year to now, how did you get into the crystal game? I got back. So then my like taste for my business was restored i didn't know what i was going to do at this time i still was not i didn't have crystals on the mind i felt this crystal is going to help me go, get back on track with wellness a to zia with like fitness so i get back to la i'm like super jacked and i get back to ace my first shift back and a girl just so happened to be playing with a crystal that was fr- like she got out of her pocket. She was playing with it like at the front desk as we were working. And I was like, wait, are you into crystals? And she was like, oh yeah. And I mean, 
she's been into crystals for like years and years and years and years. And I was just like, wait, okay, can you tell me more about this? <laughs> so then she's like, yeah. And so we're talking about it and she turns me on to all the crystal shops in LA. And then she's telling me about, she's explaining to me chakras and like healing crystals with chakras and with like your zodiac sign. And she's just kind of unraveling all these things that I had never even heard about before. And I just became obsessed, obsessed in a way that I've never been obsessed with something before, obsessed in a way that aligned with what I was hearing from all those entrepreneurs. Like you gotta be obsessed. You gotta be a passionate, you gotta, at that moment, I was like, now I get it. This is what they're talking about. Like I'm obsessed with this. I want to do it every minute, every minute, every second. I want to be reading about crystals, using them, talking about them, giving them to people. There are three crystals in the room right now, by the way, folks. There are. So this is, this is, this is true. <laughs> and I'm clutching one of them She's right now. literally <laughs> holding one in her hand. No bullshit. <laughs> okay. We got to dive deeper into this for, yeah. f- for sure. So you, you hear about them, you see her, she talked to her about it. What was the next step for you in terms of like learning more and like wanting to get involved once you knew this was kind of your interest? Yeah, I just, I just started and it, it was crazy. It was like, I felt like with fitness, I was pushing myself to go to events and network with this. I, it was like, I couldn't wait to get to the next event. I didn't feel this, well, you're obligated to do this because you need to grow your following on Instagram. And it was crazy. I just was obsessed with anything where I could learn about crystals. If there was anything where I knew I crystals would be there or I'd be learning about them, I was there, no matter what. And I just got really consumed with it. And then I went to... Um, I went to Wisconsin to visit my family um, in, let's see, I think that was June of this year. I went to a wholesale crystal place there and started learning more about it from this woman that worked there. Got a bunch. Came back to LA. Realized that the woman who worked next door at Ace, she owned a flower shop there she was also selling crystals. So I just walked over there one day and I was like, I didn't know you had crystals. I thought you were just a flower shop. And she's like, oh yeah. So then she pretty soon was bringing me things from trade shows and giving them to me for really cheap. So I started, my collection started growing really fast and it would be like, every time I would think in my head, I have this goal that I want to achieve. She would, she would literally like bring me a crystal that's meant for that. And I never asked her. She'd just be like, oh, I found this one this time. And it was like exactly the one that I needed. So it just was, it, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was manifesting this path without really knowing it. And then she said one day, by the way, there is a show in Tucson. You should go to it. It's a trade show and it's really cool. It's all gems. You should check it out. And that, that's like, it's called Jogs and that takes place in Tucson, um, every like late January, early February. And so then I was like, oh, I can't wait. 
Like, I'm so excited. I'm going to go to that. And so then I just thought, I wonder if there's one sooner. So I just started Googling gem shows. And one came up that was also in Tucson that was going to be three weeks from then. And I, and again, in one minute, I said, I'm going to that. I'm now going to be a crystal retailer. And I'm going to that. Goodness. I know. So then I, then, and, and that was when my mom and dad had been planning on coming to LA around that time anyway. And I was like, well, someone needs to drive me to Tucson. So I call my dad. I tell him, I'm going to this trade show. I'm going to buy a bunch of crystals. Can you guys drive me? Did they drive to LA? No, they flew, but they always they rent, rent a car. Rent my a car, dad had yeah. like, they like need to have a car. They yeah. just can't not, you know. I mean, you're in LA, you gotta have a car. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's true. So I don't have a car. He was like, absolutely not. What are you even talking about? Like, no, absolutely not. And then pretty like a week later, then he's like, okay, okay, fine, we'll drive you. So, <laughs> so that was awesome. And this was taking place at the end of August this year. Yes. And. The next piece of it was, okay, well, now I have to get a business license. I have to get like a seller's like a seller's permit. So in that 24 hours that he agreed to drive me, I got everything squared away with Walmsley to Zia with my current business account. I applied for a seller's permit. I created a website and found a like host to have like ha- so I could like do transactions like um, whatever. Financial transactions. Yeah. <laughs> like a Shopify-ish type thing. Shopify, yeah, yeah, type of thing. Um, did that, got my social media on point and related to crystals, and designed and ordered business cards. All within 24 hours. I just basically stayed up all night and did it. Yeah. And then the next day, I was looking at people's Instagram stories and the yoga studio that I always go to, Evoke, another shameless plug, everyone go to Evoke. Downtown LA. It's amazing. She's a big fan. I'm a big fan. I've never been. <laughs> I know. <You. laughs> some friends support other friends and some friends don't support other friends, I guess. <laughs> trying to throw some shade, you know? We'll get into it. You're we like, will get into it. Like, we've been into it. Yeah. <laughs> but they... my head at this. <laughs> they posted on their story, hey, we're having a community party because we were voted best yoga studio um, in, in LA. Um, if we have any vendors, we'd love to like host you guys and you can sell at our event. I wrote to them and I said, Hey, I'm a crystal retailer. I want a booth. And they were like, Oh my God, we didn't even know that. Like, yeah, come on down. Oh my and you're God. like, I'm not, I have <laughs> not no <yet>. crystals. <laughs> I have nothing. Right. And I thought, Oh God, now I'm in some shit. Now like, you have to. I have to. And then, of course, my anxiety sets in of like, well, what if I go and like there aren't crystals there? And like, what? If... So a lot of things were on the line. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the day came. We drove to Tucson. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I probably paid like way too much for everything I got. I just didn't know prices. I didn't know anything about crystals. Yeah. You know, I didn't right. know... I mean, most of the time I was picking one up and asking the vendor, like, what's this one? And they were like, what, who are you? Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, like part of it was intuitive and I was picking out really nice things just intuitively. That you liked and you thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I just, I was like, I don't know anything, but I know this is good quality. And so then I brought back a suitcase full, went to the community party, sold half my inventory just in that one day. Whoa. Yeah. And I mean, I just came alive when I was talking to people about, like people would come up to my booth and they'd be like, what's this one? What's this one? And it just, it's crazy because whenever I learn about something related to crystals, I don't feel like I'm learning it. I feel like I'm refreshing my memory for like the midterm. Yeah. Like I already know all of this. I'm just reminding myself of it. Yeah. So it's crazy. And I think like people always ask me, how do you know this much in such a short amount of time? And I'm like, I don't know how else to describe it other than it's like I already know. Yeah. It's so weird. It's it's one of those things, like just thinking, like hearing you say all of that and thinking about these crystals and different like shapes and different like looks and feels and everything of them. It, it's so much like to you knowing more about them, like maybe where they're from or what they're made of or whatever it may be. Like, yeah, it like shows how important a story is to selling anything. And like people will buy things for a story because that makes them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whatever that thing is, like if that's what they feel, that's what they feel. Yeah. And it's like knowing more about the things you buy. I mean, it's, it's why like, you know, people have a story for like a coffee shop or this coffee is sourced from wherever, wherever. People like knowing that, like people pay more, people like want that, they want it more. It just like makes me think of how important that is for any type of entrepreneur or business person or people who are in sales or whatever. Um, Knowing that product and then being able to tell the story of what that is, yeah, is why people buy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I just I truly care deeply about helping people, and this is just such a perfect way for me to do it because, I mean, even if you, I have so many people who come to my pop up shops, specifically men, like husbands and boyfriends of women who are into it. Yeah. So they get dragged there, basically. Uh, yes. And I I remember this one guy came, and he was kind of like, okay, this is stupid. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I can tell. He wasn't saying that, but I could tell that he was like, couldn't wait to get out of there. And I just went up to him, and I, I just felt like he was feeling antsy, not in that moment, but just like in life somehow. And so I just thought, like, maybe it's work-related. So I just went up to him and I said, are you, this, this is really random, but are you feeling like super stagnant at work and you're just feeling really antsy about moving on? And the look on his face was just like, how did you know that? And I said, okay, well, the look on your face tells me that I'm right. <laughs> so I would say, I said, look at these. And I just picked intuitively three different ones and I put them in his hands and he just was like, so these are going to help me. I was like, yeah, if you know how to use them and I'll teach you how to use them. He's like, okay, I'm going to take all three of these. Like, just like that. You know, I, all you have to do is, is show somebody how it's going to help them and like make them obviously, I obviously have to believe it, but I always feel when people, I mean, you know, people are always like making fun of this stuff and making fun of me for it. And I just kind of say, you know, if you, if you love your life and you can honestly tell me your life is perfect, that's, that's so amazing. And I love that. But 
if there is any part of your life that you're not satisfied with and everything you're doing so far isn't working, why not take my advice and just try it? Why do you think people are drawn to them? I think personally that the senses, I mean, senses rule us, right? So color, feel, obviously not taste, but touch. Well, I guess feel and touch are the same. Yeah. Mainly the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but seeing and feeling are, are major senses for us. And I feel like when, like when I go to a trade show and I'm drawn to certain ones, I, I have been realizing about myself that they're usually the same kind of color or color family and a certain texture. And consistently I am drawn to those kinds of things. And that tells me a certain thing about myself because we do associate colors with emotions. And you can get as trippy as you want with this. You can associate it with your chakra, with your aura color, with your zodiac sign, but just on like the basic level, humans are affected by what they see and what they feel. And certain colors make you feel a certain way. Certain touches make you feel a certain way. And that affects people. And you, you mentioned, you know, telling them how to use them or how, like, what, how do people use them? So... What do you typically say? The first thing you have to do is decide why are you choosing that one? Mm -hmm. And, okay, so let's take, um, let's take this, the one that I was clutching. This is called an Amazonite. Okay. Um, Amazonite is zone of truth. So speaking your mind, being free to have what you're thinking and what you're saying be the same, basically. And specifically, it's really good for social media influencers because it helps you say things that are going to connect with your audience and being intuitive about your words and the way that you speak. And so I really love this one because that's part of my job is to be able to say things that need to be said to people. And so what I do with this one is whenever I'm going to be in a situation like right now, going to this podcast, I wanted to make sure that my words were going to matter. And so I take Amazonite, which is something I know is going to help me with this. And I just, this whole time I've just been holding it in my hand and just being really conscious that it's in my hand and knowing that, that this is going to help me do this. It makes me think of like having whether I mean whether it's a crystal, whether it's something on your whether it's a picture on your wall. It's like it's like whatever something that makes you feel a certain way, like whether how it looks or how it reminds you of whatever, and that like consistently something is attached to it seems to be a strong thing. So whether or not you be like believe in crystals, say air quotes, believe in crystals or whatever, maybe or like make fun of people for crystals. I get it from the sense of, and I'm not like a hippie, dippy, whatever person, yeah. but I get it from the sense of this represents something that reminds you of something that puts you in a certain state mm -hmm. that repetitively like, continues to put you in that state, which will then influence you in some way. Yeah. Like, I, get, I get it from that perspective, and I can see where people would buy a crystal from that perspective. Like, oh yeah, like you see this thing, and you pick it up, you feel it, you touch it, and like... You're like, oh, this is cool, and like it looks a certain way, or maybe it reminds you something and makes you like feel something, and then like whether it's you take it with you so you consistently feel that. Yeah. Whether it be a crystal or a stone or a token, whatever thing it be, 
I can see this is the power in that of like a reminder of like yeah. certain things. And that's where I see this type of stuff. That's why I wasn't just like, Mia, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Right. Because I get it from that perspective yeah. of like whatever reminder thing that may be. And that's, I, and you know, I, one of my friends said to me one day, have you ever thought that maybe this is all just like a placebo effect? No, for sure. And he said it in a way to kind of like diss me, mm-hmm. but I completely agree. It is. Yeah. That's the whole point. Same your brain is, it's all your brain. You are just getting on a frequency that will allow you to create something, to manifest something. Right. And I feel like people are like fearful of those words, like abundance, manifestation. Well, if you, if you go for the job you want, that is manifesting something. Mm-hmm. That's just another term for going out and getting it. And so that is what it is. It puts you in the right mindset. And that's something that I feel like sets me apart from other crystal retailers is I just am real about this. I'm not sitting here (laughs) telling you to like go deep inside and like find your inner child. And I mean, I could, I do get into that stuff personally, but I know my audience and my whole goal is to help every kind of person not just the kind of person who's already into this because they don't need any help. People come to my shop, they already know how to use crystals. They already know how to cleanse crystals. They have a million crystals already. Those kind of people, I love that. They look at my shop, they're like, I want this one, I want this one, I want this one, done. But I also wanna help people who come in and they're like, what is all this stuff? They may even think it's stupid. Yeah. And then I I slowly show them the benefit of it. And that's what I love. I love relating on a real level to people and not just, not just like kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid in a way, but showing people, I actually believe in this and like, I'm a logical person and I'm believing in this and this is real. Yeah. You know, and yeah. showing people that. I, yeah, I agree. And it reminded me actually the same type of thing of, uh, so there's a lot of business books business books out there for instance and some of them can say very similar things maybe just in a different way but there's still value in that just in the perspective if you're consistently reading those things it's top of mind and you are pursuing growth and it's like it's a reminder almost even if it's not like you literally got something very new from that even just putting it in a different way keeps you in that state of mind which i could see the same type of thing from like a crystal thing it keeps you in that state of mind or brings you back to whatever you may need to go back to to get to be your best self, essentially. And I see mm-hmm. it from that perspective. In terms of crystals, in terms of the, you've had success with it, like you've done workshops, like in terms of like having uh-huh. pop-up shops, I mean, um, what is next for the business? What do you want to do with it? I've done a few workshops. Okay. I've done a few pop-up shops. I do a lot of business online. I get I do a lot through Instagram and my website. The next thing I want to do... your website? <laughs> It's www.wellnessa-zia.com. There you go. Um, My next step is I want a way larger inventory. I want to... So part of my business is personal shopping. So I'll get a client. They tell me about themselves. I, and that's the other thing. If I don't have what you're looking for, I'm going to tell you that. I'm not going to give you something that I have so that I can like make some money. That's not what I'm about. If you 
truly are telling me that you want to manifest a certain thing, I will tell you if I do or do not have that kind of stone. If I don't have that kind of stone, I tell people when my next trade show is. And then when I go to the trade show, I have that person in my mind. And I will personally shop for you and bring something back for you. And then I'm very superstitious about it. I don't put it on my social media. So, um, so that's a big part of what I do. And so I want to have bigger and bigger inventory and I want to start splurging more on more rare crystals that you have to like, you know, put more money up front, but then it, whoever wants it, it's going to be like mega soulmate status. What are those rare, rare crystals? Like, what is it about? Is it like the composition? Is it just the quantity? There's not much in the world of them. Like, what is it exactly? Rarity and purity. Okay, purity. Is those good. are the top two. Um, so, like, for example, a citrine. There are two types of citrine. There's heat-treated amethyst, which is basically they take an amethyst, which is another type of crystal, and, like, heat the crap out of it until it turns a different color. Oh, damn. And then that's citrine. They sell that as citrine. But... Another form that's natural is literally called natural citrine, and it looks way different than the heat treated. It's way more rare. If you want to buy it pure, it's like it can be three to four times what the heat treated one is. Dang. I have a very I have a very small piece that is like forty dollars retail. That so like one this size would be like a hundred dollars retail explain how big the thing is like um you can't see like the size of my middle finger basically but like fat like fat yeah maybe like a uh, my fingers aren't that fat (laughs) huge (laughs) my (laughs) big fat fingers it's like four inches long basically it's like four inches long and like like probably a few fingers wide yeah um 100 bucks to that type of thing yeah yeah just because it's rare and like a good quality one yeah it's hard so so, and that's the thing that only people who love crystals are going to recognize that. Yeah. You know, so that's what I want to get more into now is like, I feel like that's kind of fun, you know, finding rare ones and really like going in deep and having a, a collection that's filled with uh, specimens. What are you learning about them or learning about the rarity or about different things with that? Like if someone wants to know more, even if they're shopping, well, I know to get, they want them themselves, you know, like, like where are you learning about these things? Um, I just try to get in front of as many experts as I can. So when I go to trade shows, all and guys check out my Instagram for the next trade show that I'm going to, I'll put people on my story explaining different things. So I had one guy showing exactly what a natural citrine looks like versus a quartz that has some citrine inside of it. So showing those and showing like okay you can easily be duped and be paying a ton of money for something that's not worth anything this is how you check to see if it's real or fake so i go to all these vendors and i have conversations with them it's not just like oh how much is this how much is this i'm like okay so where did you find this how do you know that this is good how do you know what a fake would look like so i get in those conversations with them and i just again like just my brain is just a sponge i'm just soaking it all up but I'll record it so that then I can you know listen to it later but then also so that my followers can learn while I'm learning right so you're all yeah always 
talking to the experts as much as you can. Is it always on the experts? Much as it's online, like. And then yeah, and then I'll go. The issue for me is online. For example, if you were to Google, what is the best crystal for? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a cancer. So what's the best crystal for a cancer? I look at the list. I've held every single one of these crystals. I don't feel a thing for any of them, and I know that. So then I'm like, well, and if I didn't know crystals, I would be like, oh, okay, great. And then I'd go online on Etsy and order every single one of those because I'm like, oh, a cancer should have all these. And then they'd come in the mail and they wouldn't do anything for me. So there's certain amounts of like when you're looking online, you'll see a lot of conflicting information because again, this isn't like science, right? It's metaphysical. Which is the whole taboo of it. Of course. You know? Of course. Because it's not, it can't be measured by, it can't be measured empirically in a way that everyone is satisfied, right? Like, I feel that I can empirically measure it, but because I believe, you know? Yeah. So, so because of that, there are a lot of websites that have different ideas of how you use this stone or like, a way to, or like this, like this stone on another website, they could say completely different things about this. Cause it is a lot of your own intuition and your own experience. So I don't do, I don't read a lot online about that. I like to use my own intuition mostly for those kinds of things, but I will look online about, okay, where is, does this fall on the Mohs hardness scale? Um, where is this found primarily? How is this made? How is this tumbled? If it's something that's man-made, like an aura quartz, okay, where was it made? What temperature is the vacuum at? So, like, those kinds of things I'll read about online. Yeah. But you're limited online in terms of metaphysical. Sure. So that part is kind of like my own. Or speaking to people who are selling them and getting their take on it. Right. That's a good thing. And w- w- with the business, I think, move forward. So you're still work- you're working at a different hotel now. But doing this, is the goal to go full-time into this? I mean, you made a lot of progress, made a lot of sales already. Like, is the goal, like, full-time all out into this? Or are you just trying to, like, see where it goes, not burn out? I don't know. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I actually quit Ace with the intention of doing Wallensteadia full-time because I was already doing pretty well. And then... I randomly listened to a Gary V podcast, Gary which I had never Vaynerchuk. heard of Gary Vaynerchuk ever before. And he just came up on my feed. I listened to a like a clip on Instagram that then was a podcast that I could go listen to. And he was saying, and this episode of this podcast, I listen to it every day. I've listened to this podcast episode every day for months, as long as it's been out. And there's one specific part where he says, if you really want your business to take off, why are you making money off of it? If you really want to take off, you should be putting every dollar it makes back into it, not taking a cut. And I was having it pay for my life my rent, my food, my transportation, everything. And he was like, look, you will get way more done if you sell your car and you take the bus to work. 
but are you humble enough to take the bus? And that really stuck with me and I realized owning a business isn't about just touting that you're a business owner. I actually care about this work and I care about growing an empire and not just spinning my wheels. So by working at the hotel, I live off that money. And then everything that Wellness A to Z makes 100%, I put back in. I have an assistant. I have a, like a, someone who writes my um, social media content or like helps me write it. I have someone who edits all my blog posts and makes them sound really, really nice. Um, and like I basically like send them the data and then they help me like turn it into a nice post. I hate writing, so. I basically started hiring people to do things that I don't like to do, but yeah. that need to be done. Which can be done because you work at a hotel and you can pay them with the money you make to the company to grow the company even more. Yes. So if I wouldn't, if I didn't have the hotel, I'd be fine. I'd be like living my life and you know, whatever, but it wouldn't grow nearly as fast. And doing, working at a hotel when you have an online business is fine because your hours are kind of wonky anyway. And you can switch shifts with people and request off and and flexible. do all that. It's, it's very flexible. And as long as it doesn't interfere with, you know, what I'm doing business-wise, like... Yeah. Which is something to be said for people who maybe have a side hustle they want to work on or they're thinking about that, but their job maybe doesn't allow for it. Yeah. A hotel. Exactly. There's an example of a place where you could because because of that type of shift thing. Something else I had to say is like, I remember hearing about, so Noah Kagan started AppSumo, Sumo Me, like software basically helping small businesses. And Sumo Me, it's like email software. It's probably not like, can be like eight figure business maybe? At least seven figures, but eight yeah. figure business. But he mentioned in one of his podcasts, I think it was like, he paid himself a salary of like 40 grand a year, the first three years. And this is a business that was getting really big. But he was humble enough to like eat shit and they, only make 40000 I'm sure his friends were like, he, he's the 30th employee at Facebook. He's, like, people he knows were surely making a lot more money. Yeah. But he was humble and made 40, 40K while he reinvested in the business to grow it even more. Yeah. Knowing that that would help him long term. And then, of course, he obviously makes more now. But, like, that that's an important thing that it's tough to do. Like, because yeah. you, you know, especially when you reach a certain maybe standard of living and you're like, you don't want to make that switch to sacrifice. But if you did, like, Every hundred, two hundred dollars could go right back into the business. Like when you pay for this, oh, this thing. Well, okay, well, that could have been how much more in ads, which could have been how many more email subscribers, which could have been that many more sales, whatever. Like it's, it's tough, and I've struggled with it as well. Like with the side business stuff, it's like it's definitely tough. But like, if you can reinvest it, long term, it's gonna be better for yeah. your company by all means. It, well, yeah, that was honestly the best advice I ever received. What's the name of the podcast episode? Do you know? Yeah, I do. I'll look it up. Okay. Just watch and look this up. So, yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk has a ton of great content. Those of you who don't know him, Gary V, you can call him. It's where he's on all the social stuff. But uh, he runs VaynerMedia, which is a, I think at this point in time, $200 million revenue business. And he also started Wine Library TV back in the day. And he's just a killer entrepreneur who has probably one of the best content creators um, around for business owners. What's the, what's the name of it? It's... It was launched on September 4th. It's five tips to help grow your business Q&A in Singapore. There you go. That's the episode. Uh, the Gary V. Audio Experience, his podcast. It is, it is really good. I, I, 
I started listening to some more of it uh, on like the train ride and stuff and whenever I listen to it, like podcast typically is that but I would say yeah find whatever you can to, to grow and on that on that note actually um, only have a couple questions left I know there's a time constraint but what other resources whether it be books or podcasts or blogs or, or whatever um, have been helpful for you on your like, business entrepreneurial journey Gary Vee is probably the most influential I really align with him because he tells it like it is and he doesn't coddle you. And I think that a lot of business coaches and thought leaders and influencers, it's very positive and it's like, you can do whatever you want. You are made to like follow your passion. And like, I love that as much as the next girl, but I need to hear, you need to eat shit. You need to suck it up. Stop complaining that like you have to work at a job that's not your passion. Because that's how you get to your passion. Just shut up and do the work. That's it. Just shut up and do the work. And I need to hear that every day. I need to hear that. And so that's why I love him, obviously. Listen to every single podcast that he has. Um, Ramit Sethi, big time. He says, and one thing I always remember is do things when you're at your best. And he gives this example of his mom told him, make your bed and clean your room before you go on a trip. Because when you get back and you're really tired, you're going to love coming back to like a clean place and your bed's made and you can just get right in. First coming back to a pigsty and you're so tired and the last thing you want to do is clean and make your bed and do all that. Do your work when you're at your best. And I have learned over time to let go of certain things that I want to be because that's not me at my best. I can't be like you and wake up at 4am. I would love to because that sounds killer and sounds like major productivity goals. But I, my brain does not work before 6am. That's it. Like I wake up at 6 or 6.30 every day and that is the earliest I can do. Cause I'm not, I'm not performing at a good level before then anyway. So I just kind of gave up that dream and it changed the game for me. So just doing things like that where you're, you're understanding your own patterns and how you work the best and then working around that versus trying to force yourself to be something, you know? Yeah. So that was major for me too. Um, like I mentioned, Angie Lee, her podcast is really awesome. She does a lot about self-worth. She works with female entrepreneurs. So I really like her for that. And she like gives a lot of good advice. She has a lot of good people on there. And then um, I love this girl, Sahara Rose too. She's um, in the Ayurveda world. And I kind of, I like her because she you can feel how much she cares. And I think that that's something that's rare. That like, like even with these other guys, like obviously I think Gary Vee and Rumi and like all those guys care. But the way, I like the way that she, like she shows herself in her posts. She's very raw. She's always talking about her insecurities and how she lives her life. And she just like lets you into her world. And she's like, this is who I am. And these are like my issues and I really align with that because I think that's a really good way to, to go about working with other people. 
So I'd say those people are my top people that I look at when I need a, a boost or, you know. Yeah, I mean, those and those are definitely people... I mean, okay, that's the people you look at now. I'm just curious if they're, like, early on when you were kind of thinking through entrepreneurship or, like, building a business, you're like, oh, what wellness A to Z? Like, what is this going to be? Like, were there different ones early on that were helpful or any other books or were it the same people if you can remember? I don't know. If, remember anyone else, maybe? Well, I mean, you know how wellness A to Z was formed. Talk to me. From a Tinder date. From a Tinder date. Hmm. Let's elaborate on that, Mina. So I, at this time, I was working at the gym in LA. I I had pretty much just moved here. I was not really up on the online dating because I just, I feel like I kill it in person and I feel like I'm weird through text. (laughs) And I feel like people never understand me through text and just through online, which is something that I've had to kind of... Now I'm better at it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I always shied away from that because I just am like, I'm just such a weirdo. Like, I can't, Hard, you know. Harder, yeah. yeah. So, but then when I got there, I thought, oh, okay, I... I need to do this because I'm really scared of this and that means I need to do it. So my first Tinder date was this guy, Marco, from Germany. Marco. And you know Marco. (laughs) And we went on a date, and it was like a seven-hour date. And we talked about everything, and then he mentioned Ramit Sethi's um, Zero to Launch program. And he was like, look, I paid $2,000 for this, but I think you could really go far with an online business because you're already in fitness. Why don't you just take my login for free? I'll give you my password. Whatever you want, just do it. Right. And that, like, how insane is that? That's insane. So just some girl that you just met, like how crazy is that to just like, you just give that away, you know? Yeah. So... I just was really touched by that and I thought I need to use this like this is a sign that I I need to go on this every day yeah so I did the whole program and I literally zeroed launched using the program and then he and I would kind of hang out during the course of we more just became friends and um and yeah like every time we hung out it'd be like eight nine hours (laughs) I'm just like (laughs) and then we would just work on our businesses and talk and you know kind of like we do yeah Um, my favorite and yeah and I mean I never thought I would say that I owe my wellness A to Z empire to a tinder date but 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 I do kind of do so Marco we love you you know let's just say it would have happened eventually yeah knowing you they definitely helped it helped it happen earlier yeah let's just say um and I guess to that point like you just never know what resources will come where or when or how you're going to find them and what will impact you but i do think if you're the type of person like innately we are who we we are like you're interested in entrepreneurship and wanted to help people and like i think i say that you would have eventually started something because it just seems like in your nature you would have yeah but we just don't know what's gonna kickstart that you know what's gonna fuel that fire or get us to actually do something like whether it's you know 
finding a Gary V podcast episode, you're like, oh, it really resonates with you. Or someone else you find. And it's like, I think you have to put yourself in that position and give yourself a chance by consuming those types of things and mm-hmm. being open to that. Because you're, I mean, you're selling crystals now. Yeah. You were in politics before. <laughs> yeah. Like your career and life, like you just don't know, right? Like where you're going to go. You have no crazy. idea. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it, it's nuts. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Like that can happen. Um, you know, as we, as we kind of wrap up here, what I just want to ask you is, and get your opinion on this, like, what do you think makes for a great career? I think you just need to be really honest with yourself. And we all know deep down if we're doing what we want to be doing or not. We all know. And we all know people who are in like huge denial about it. Because when you're in a job and it's like you're salaried and you know, you got your PTO and your health insurance and like it's cush, right? So why would I go out on a limb and try to start a business and put myself through all this? And so I get it, you know, but, but then you need to be real with yourself and understand that your level of happiness will be capped. You can only be at a certain level of happiness if your career is not what your passion is. So... I think what makes for a good career is recognizing like this is or is not what I want to be doing. And if it's not what you want to be doing, figuring out what it is you want to be doing and just going for it. Because the only good career is the one that is made for you. That's it. I love how you said just going for it. Oh, I didn't even... Re- All right, guys, edit this was, out. Was, I don't want to be promoting just go grind uh, in any way. Just go. It's funny how that works. I'm anti-just go. Just go. She likes to give me a hard time. Um, but I will say, like, from knowing you and from this conversation, but, like, I already knew a lot, a lot of these things, but, like, a lot of, like, new stuff, too. But, like, know that you are very self-aware enough to understand that, like, when the time is to move on, to try something different, that's something I admire about you. It's why you're one of my close friends. Because one, you're a go-getter, and two, you're, like, you're, you're willing to just do different things. Like, if, if it's something like, oh, I'm not in tune with this. Like, you want to take that break from wellness A to Zia, go home for a bit, come back and change it up. Like, mm-hmm. great. Because I think we have a stigma of, like, we oh, we have to stay in this track or stay in this lane or whatever other bullshit we tell ourselves. And it's so crippling, but it's refreshing to see people like you go for it. Go from walking, oh, move to LA. I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to do my own thing and not being hindered by anything. Yeah. I love seeing that and love seeing examples of people who are like that. And I hope that with this episode, with this show, with everything like I'm working on, other people working on, like that more people will be inspired to go for whatever it is that really makes them come alive and makes them their best self. Yeah, and you know, this goes beyond career. If you have mastered the art of breaking through your fears and going for what you want, you'll do that in every other aspect of your life too. It's not just about career. Like maybe you can you'll use the career path to to break through, but that goes for like talking to the person, the like cute person at the bar you want to go talk to. 
you know, or like joining a club that you were scared to join before because it looked really intimidating. Like just like using that muscle of letting go of your fear, letting go of apprehension, letting go of control, letting go of your ego that you can test that out in every aspect of your life and you will become a superhuman. Mina, where can people find you, hear more about you, learn more about what you're doing? Check me out on Instagram. It's uh, at wellness, a Uh I got, let's see, I got a Facebook. Ooh, Check me Facebook. out there too. Wellness Atezia, as you could probably guess. Uh, my website, which I mentioned, www.wellnessa-zia.com. And like, write me, DM me. I, I can't, I love hearing from people. Like just reach out, ask me anything. I love to talk to all you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, Justin, you're a doll as always. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. As always, the show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And you can support the show over at patreon.com slash just go grind and please please leave a rating and review over on itunes it does help more people find the show hope you enjoy this episode have a great day